opportunity, middle of the week, get a break, come into the house of the Lord and worship together. I hope we never lose sight of how important tonight is. This is a great time to get refueled and amen, to get lifted up. And I pray the Lord would do that. You'll have to pardon my voice tonight. Uh, I'm going to give you all I have, and that's going to be about what you hear right now. So, been about to lose my voice all week. Maybe it's a godsend. Maybe I need to get quiet for a little while. <laughs> but uh, so thankful for all of you that are here tonight. Uh, had a great weekend. So glad to see what God was doing here Sunday. Looking forward to this coming week. Uh, just a reminder to those of you that may be interested, tomorrow evening is an unusual opportunity for those that would want to participate. Uh, we have a chef that will be here, uh, trained in France, that can give you a few lessons if you want to learn them. Only problem is you got to come in twos, uh, like he, came, he brought them into the ark, because the way the tables are set up, so find somebody and partner with them. Mother, daughter, husband, wife, friend, friend, enemy, friend, enemy, enemy. It doesn't matter. Just have a great time. When you're cooking, everything's better. Amen. You can find more details about it in the foyer. If you have your Bibles for just a few moments tonight, I, I, I did try to call. Brother Landon's been sick this week, and I've been battling this, so I called my brother and I said, Are you in town? And he said, Yes. And I thought, Hallelujah. And I said, will you preach tonight? He said, oh, I'm preaching somewhere else tonight. (laughs) Brother Mitch, you almost got a phone call today. So good to have Brother Mitch uh, here at Greater Life Church. Amen. James chapter 1, and I am going to read from the Passion Translation. So you will probably, unless you have a Bible app, You will not have this. They can put it on the screen. I didn't give it to them ahead of time, but they're they're always quick. James chapter 1, I'm going to begin reading with verse number 1, and uh, I'll try to tell you where I'm going to stop. Amen. Last Wednesday night, we talked to you for a little while about what uh, our trials are producing in us. And I feel like the Lord would want us to go a little further. And I don't want to uh, belabor a point, but I really do feel there is a great urgency of the Spirit that we understand the times in which we live. The Bible says that there were men, the sons of Issachar, who understood the time and they knew what Israel ought to do. And I believe that when we have a better understanding of the times and the things that we're going through, then we will help others know what to do. Amen. And uh, so let's read, beginning with verse number one. He said, greetings. My name is Jacob or James, and I'm a love slave of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm writing to all the 12 tribes of Israel who have been sown as seeds among the nation. 
if you read from your King James Version, it says to the scattered, those who have been scattered. The word scatter to us has a negative connotation to us. When we think of something being scattered, we think of it being strewn all over the place. But it's interesting how God views the same thing that you're going through from his perspective. And his perspective of that is that you were sown as seed to the nations. That's a very powerful spiritual principle. That you have been sown as seeds among the nations. My fellow believers... When it seems as though you are facing nothing but difficulties, see it as an invaluable opportunity to experience the greatest joy that you can. For you know that when your faith is tested, it stirs up in you the power of endurance. And when as your endurance grows stronger, It will release perfection or maturity into every part of your being until there is nothing missing and nothing lacking. And if anyone longs to be wise, ask God for wisdom and he will give it. He won't see your lack of wisdom as an opportunity to scold you over your failures but he will overwhelm your failures with his generous grace. Praise God. Just make sure you ask empowered by confident faith without doubting that you will receive. For the ambivalent person believes one minute and doubts the next. Being undecided makes you become like the rough seas driven and tossed by the wind. You're up one minute and tossed down the next. When you are half-hearted and wavering, it leaves you unstable. You can really expect to receive, you can't, you can really expect to receive anything from the Lord when you're in that condition. Or can you, I should say, it's a question. Can you really expect to receive anything from the Lord when you're in that condition? The believer who is poor still has reason to boast, for he has been placed on high. But those who are rich should boast in how God has brought them low and humbled them. For all their earthly glory will one day fade away like a wild flower in the meadow. For as the scorching heat of the sun causes the petals of the wild flower to fall off and lose its appearance of beauty... So the rich in the midst of their pursuit of wealth will wither away. If your faith remains strong, even while surrounded by life's difficulties, you will continue to experience the untold blessings of God. True happiness comes as you pass the test of faith, or pass the test with faith, and receive the glorious crown of life promise to every lover of God. When you are tempted, don't ever say, God is tempting me, for God is incapable of being tempted by evil, and he is never the source of temptation. Instead, it is each person's own desire and thoughts that drag them 
into evil and lure them away into darkness. Evil gives birth to evil actions and when sin is fully matured, it can murder you. So my friends, don't be fooled by your own desires. The message translates that don't get thrown off course. Perhaps that would be a title that God would help us with tonight. The importance of not being thrown off course in the hour in which we live. God bless you. You may be seated. A primitive man looked one time into a mirror for the first time and what he saw so shocked him that he broke the mirror. The problem is It didn't change his looks. And sometimes this word is a mirror. And when we look into it, we don't always like what we see. But breaking the mirror does not solve the problem or change my situation. It is understanding that that mirror is there for a purpose of helping me get to a better place. It is important tonight that you and I understand that how God views our life and how we view our life are often vastly different. And how we see things in our life and how we interpret them actually turn out the complete opposite when they are looked at through God's perspective. To you and I, when bad things happen, we think this is the worst thing ever. It couldn't get any worse than this. And yet the reality is in God's view and in his perspective, it's a great opportunity. And so it's important that in the hour in which we live, that we have eyes that can see him and that we can understand and gain wisdom from above wisdom that is peaceable and all of the other things that James mentions about wisdom in his writings the book of James is a very beautiful powerful book of the new testament the equivalent of it in the old testament would be the book of proverbs If you want to understand and know how the book of James could impact your life, understand how powerful the book of Proverbs is. Because many, many practical truths are found within its pages concerning living. Proverbs, in actual definition of wisdom, is skill for living. And when James picked up the pen of inspiration in the New Testament time, and he wrote, he was giving us wisdom for living. And you can use it in very much the same manner. It covers such a vast range of topics, and I don't have time to go into all of them, but persecution and personal and financial difficulties and health problems and spiritual oppression, just to name a few of them. 
It was written to and for those whose faith was being challenged and threatened by the daily struggles and hardships that they were living through. All that they faced was not a waste, but it had a goal in mind. That God was taking all of the details of their life, sometimes details that seem impossible for God to use, but God was using them to weave together a garment of praise for his children to wear. When Joseph finally confronted his brothers and revealed to them who he was, they were fearful as you could imagine because now the tables had turned and it was Joseph's time to do whatever he wanted to do to these men, his brothers who had sold him into slavery. But he made a statement. He said, you meant it for good, but God meant it, or you meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. Interesting that in the Hebrew text, the word that is used for what his brothers did and what God chose to do with it are identical. You meant it and God meant it have the same root meaning and they come from the, the, the weaver's uh, terminology. It was the term that was used of a seamstress or a sewer or a weaver of fine garments. And he was alluding to how that a thread and needle is used to weave every kind of garment that you could wear. And uh, God said that you, thank you brother, that God said the enemy, your brother, you did that. And you meant, you were trying to weave for me a garment that would bind and restrict my life and destroy me. But God took the very same threads that you were attempting to tie me up with and do away with my life. And God took those same thread and wove a garment for my life of honor and praise. And I want to thank God tonight that he knows how to take the worst things that can happen in your life and he can weave them into a garment of praise for your life. Would you clap your hands to the Lord and give him praise? James was leading the church in a very difficult time. James, most scholars believe, was the brother of Jesus and the writer of this particular book. He was also the bishop of Jerusalem. But when James was writing this, the church was in a state of flux and transition. They had experienced great revival and great miracles had come, but now persecution had arisen and a lot of pressure was being put upon them by Rome and uh, by the, the religious culture of the day. And because of that, because of the persecution, and you can find it in eight Romans chapter or, or Acts chapter eight, I believe it's verse number one. He talks about uh, after the persecution, 
after the death of Stephen when they stoned him and then Paul was breathing out these threats against the church that they were scattered. They scattered throughout the countryside and into other nations. They scattered because of the persecution that was going on. And I, when I was reading this today, I, 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 I tried to stop and think now, if, if I know what God says about it, but if I had been one of those that was being scattered, if I was one of those that was running for my life, how would I have viewed that particular setting in my life? How would I have viewed what was happening to me? Well, I can only do it in, in my own uh, way of looking at things. I have no idea. Maybe they were more spiritual than I am. But typically when we go through things that scatter us or cause us to be pushed to every direction, we don't always view that in the best way. And we, we're wondering how, how in the world can God, uh, how can this be of God? How can, how can this be God that, that I, I've sacrificed and I've given and I've done all these things and yet here I am running for my life and yet God was smiling. They may have been frowning, but God was smiling because God viewed it completely different than they did. They saw it as a mistake or an accident or a tragedy. God saw it as an opportunity. Now that you're scattered, now that I've got you outside Jerusalem, maybe we can get the gospel to the world. Sometimes God has to knock us out of our comfort zone to help us understand that there's more to this than our little world. And we can get so locked in to our little world of good church, great worship, great fellowship, great people. All of a sudden COVID comes along and just knocks the wind out of us, scatters us all over the place. And we look at it as the greatest tragedy, but God said, no, that's, this is a great opportunity. For now, I'm able to scatter this seed a little further than it would have gone if you had stayed in the condition and the state that you were in. And so in this transitional time that was very demanding on them and was very upsetting to what they were used to, and the normal was, was thrown out the window. I don't, I don't think that word will ever be used anymore in our lives, normal. I, I don't think we will ever know what that really means anymore because it's been thrown out the window. So normal is gone. And we're in this state of transition and we're scattered and we're dispersed. And God said, great opportunity. Wake up to your opportunity. And I think for the church, for what we're going through and what we've been through and who knows what's still going to come, I think we have to understand that God has brought us to the kingdom for such a time as this. And that whatever happens, whatever scattering there is, whatever dispersion, whatever transition that we're going through, whatever pressure we feel upon our life, that God is going to use that to fulfill his divine purpose and bring about his design and plan for the end time. 
And if it takes knocking me out of my comfort zone and pushing me beyond my limits for that to happen, then I need to wake up and realize that this is bigger than me. This is about him, not about me. And if God can receive the glory in this, then certainly we want to give him the glory. Amen. James wrote to people who were going through difficult times. Christians that were facing problems of various kinds from their culture. And even in the church there was trouble. They were not getting along too well. Temptation was there. And uh, the rich and the poor were there. And there was competition and uh, all of those things. There was some having trouble living what they professed. It was easy for them to do it when they were all in Jerusalem. It's easy to talk about it in this building. It becomes a little more difficult when you get out there. And so they were having a hard time living what they professed. And and then there were those that couldn't control their tongue. And it was creating a lot of division and war. And all of the worldliness was creeping in. And uh, people were disobeying the word of God. And there was sickness that had come on them. All of that's found in the book of James. And he's talking about all of these things. But trying to help put them in perspective. So that the, ter- the church could understand. This is not not your weakest hour this is your finest hour and this is the opportunity for God to showcase his grace and his goodness in your life amen he wrote to the scattered those who had been sown as seeds and what the enemy meant for evil God said I'm going to turn it for good Paul wrote it like this. He said, all things work together. Now, when we read that or when we quote that, most of us are really not thinking about all things. We're thinking about good things, pleasant things, the things that we enjoy, the things that we like. But all means all. That means the good and the bad, the pretty, the ugly, the, the harsh, the, the, the pleasant, it doesn't matter. And just recently while I was praying, the Lord reminded me of that. That I, if you will let me be God, can take all things that are happening to you, the good, the bad, and I can make them work for your good. So quit fighting over those things that you don't want in your life and let me work a good in your life through those things that are happening to you. Amen. And so James made it very clear from the beginning that in order to live in times like these, you're going to need a lot of wisdom. So don't be afraid to ask for it. Amen. Turn to your neighbor and say, you need some wisdom. Yeah. You've been wanting to tell them that all day anyway. Why didn't you go ahead and tell them? You need wisdom. You You need to know how to live in troubled times. You need to know how to live and deal with all of these things that are happening. And we certainly need 
wisdom that is from above. I don't know of anything that I've prayed more for in the last four or five years than wisdom. I need to know what to do. I need to know how to do it. I don't want myself to get in the way because when I get in the way, I make problems. I I create problems. I don't solve problems. And so I need wisdom. But the second thing that is just as important to understand is that God has a purpose in everything that is happening in my life. And James talked about divers temptations. The word literally means uh, not what we think, but rather a testing. And not just a testing to reveal a weakness, but specifically a testing to prove the validity of something. That some people look at testing as, oh Lord, they're going to find out what I don't know. God said, no, I'm going to find out what you do know. And then we're going to work on what you don't know. Amen. And so he said, there's going to be divers testings that are going to come along. But the reason for the test is not to reveal your weakness, but to reveal my strength in your life. And this testing is directed for a specific end that it will produce a better product. I was reading several years ago about how <clears throat> different metals and different uh, precious uh, things, how they are brought to purification, in particular gold and silver and those things. And I, we were somewhere uh, on a trip and we went to a place where they uh, were blowing these glass figures and uh, may have been Branson, I don't know, but he was talking about how you have to get this temperature in order for you to have the conditions to be able to even blow through that tube and cause that, uh, that, that sand that has been melted into glass to even be able to do what they're doing. And he said it takes this temperature, and I want to say it was like 2100 or 2200 degrees, that in order to make it plastic or, or movable or moldable, you have to reach that temperature. And yet if you were to take that temperature and use it on something else, it would just destroy it. But God knows how to temper the temperature to whatever he's trying to produce. And so God's never going to let you go through more than what you can endure. He will always make a way of escape. There is no temptation, no test that you have fallen into or going through that was meant to destroy you. It was meant to define you. And so there are these various levels of, of temperature that are needed for gold to come to perfection, to gold to come to purity. And the hotter it gets, the more the impurities are separated until they have what is considered pure gold. Interesting side note to that is that they claim that in silver, the reason they know it's pure is because the man who is heating the element can see his reflection in the silver and he knows at that point it's pure. And I have a feeling that that may be how God 
looks at us. He just keeps turning the heat up until those impurities boil out of us. And, you know, it's amazing. You, you, you can get something to 500 degrees and some things come to the surface. But not everything. But you just keep ramping the heat up and you get up to a thousand and then this stuff starts turning loose. You didn't even know it was there. Coming. And God keeps doing that. And he said to this to me while I was praying back at the beginning of the year. He said, you need to tell my people that the reason for the fire is because of the purpose I have for their life. The reason they're going through the heat they're going through right now and the reason for the severity of the trial is because of the higher purpose that I have for their life. And I have tempered that to what they are going through, but I'm doing it for a purpose. So the hotter it gets, the more pressure you feel, the Lord's trying to help you understand, I have a higher purpose for you. I have a higher ministry and calling for you. And it's important that you and I understand that because then we begin to be able to process the pain and the problems that we go through in a different light. And what the Lord is telling me and what he's speaking to me is quit complaining about the heat. Amen. Quit complaining about how severe it is. Because it wouldn't be that severe if I didn't have a higher purpose for you. If I didn't have something more I wanted to do in your life. A man was traveling, visiting the Pacific Northwest several years ago. And he was interested to see how that logs were chosen that would eventually be used in furniture. And so they took him up. Uh, the river where they were working, the loggers were working and they were dropping the, the logs into the river and they were floating down and he was taken down to this particular location and there was a man there that had a big grappling uh, pole and, and a device that could reach out and grab certain uh, of these logs and pull them out. And so he stood by and he watched him and these logs would flow down the river and he would reach out and grab a particular one and put it on the bank or move it to another location. But he didn't get all of them. He, he just would watch and they would float by. And after a few moments, uh, curiosity got the best of him. He said, sir, what are you doing? He said, I'm looking at these same logs floating down the river that you're seeing, but I don't. I must be missing something. What is it that makes those that you put on the side different than those that continue to flow down the river? He said, oh, it's very simple. He said, those that are still flowing down the river are those trees that grew in the valley. And they never faced the adversity of winds or storms. They were protected. And because they were protected... Their grain was very coarse and it didn't make for good use in making fine furniture. But these that I have taken out, I can tell the difference by the outward appearance. They have been toughened by the winds and they come from the mountains. They come from the high places and they've weathered the storm. And what happened in them weathering the storm 
It has made their grain very fine and usable for the best of furniture. And he said, we only pick those that have been through those kind of situations that have been toughened by life and have been made finer by what they have gone through. They are the only ones that are choice for what we're wanting to do with them. And sometimes in life, it is so with you and I, that though the test we're going through seems more severe than we deserve, God is working something for our good. Amen. He said, these logs are too good to be used for lumber. There's a higher purpose for these logs. Amen. If you were to ask Moses how he became what he became, I think perhaps he would have taken you back even as a child and how God protected him and how through the trials in a wilderness and living on the backside of a desert for 40 years and living in Pharaoh's house and going through all that he had gone through and his test in the wilderness, I think he would say that's where it came from. That's where my faith came from. That's where it was perfected. If you were to ask Joseph, Where did he get the character? Where did you get the strength? He would have pointed you back to the time he was sold, the time he was put in the dungeon, the time he was forgotten, the imprisonments that he suffered. If you were to have asked Simon Peter how he could possibly be at the point in ministry and leadership that he was now in, he would have taken you back to a dark night when he denied knowing the Lord. But it was in that night that he went out and he wept bitterly and he found a way back. I'm just telling you, church, that whatever you and I are going through right now, however severe the trial, however traumatic it may seem, God has a higher purpose in mind and God is allowing us to go through this because he has a finer work for you and I to fulfill. Stand with me if you will. A man by the name of Orison Marsden said that you should make every occasion a great occasion for you can never tell when somebody may be taking your measure for a larger place. Amen. What's the significance of what I'm going through right now? That God is working to bring us to a higher place. Whatever you're facing today, whatever you're going through, don't discount it as the devil. Don't lay it off as bad luck. Don't just look at it and say, well, this is just the way life is for me. Why don't you consider that it is a possibility that God is working something in your life that will make you a choice vessel for him to use in the time to come. Amen. Brother Jimmy, every time I look back and see you faithfully standing there, all that you've been through this past year or two, 
I'm just telling you God's working something. He's bringing a cleanness, a perfection in your life. And I look around at others, not just him, but many others that have gone through severe trial. Many of you have lost your loved one and you think, oh God, how can I go on? God has a way of taking those things that we consider lost and turning them and orchestrating a higher ministry for our life than we would have had if we stayed in the valley, if we stayed protected, if we didn't have to go through any trouble, if we didn't have to suffer any pain. None of us would have a testimony. Amen. That's what Brother, Brother Morgan told us just recently. If, if we didn't go through something, we wouldn't have a story to tell. And so tonight you and I need to understand that our faith is tested for two reasons. Number one, to show us the power of faith. Number two, to strengthen our faith for the task that is before us. And there is nothing that reveals what is on the inside of me quicker than pressure. Amen. And under pressure, our faith life is forced into the open and it shows its true colors. Don't try to get out of whatever you're going through prematurely. Pray for grace to get through it. Let it do its work in you and mature you and fully develop you. That's what James went on to say. And it will make you perfect. It will make you complete. It will make you to be a person lacking in nothing. Amen. And everybody said amen. Amen. Praise God. I just feel the Holy Ghost right now. And I know that perhaps uh, it would help if we would just take a moment and let's just thank the Lord for what he's doing in our life. Praise God. Praise God. We love you, Lord. I thank you for your presence here tonight. I thank you for your presence. I thank you for your promises. I thank you for your word. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, yes, God. Praise God. This is what I wrote down this afternoon, and I pray that I will not forget it. I'm going to make a motto of it myself. Nothing that you and I face here below can remove us from what God has given us from above. Don't ever forget that. Whatever you're going through cannot take away what God has put in you. Amen. So if the fire gets a little hotter, amen. If it gets a little more intense, say, Lord, do your work in my life. Fulfill your purpose in my life. For these things are not happening without a reason. Amen. 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 God is measuring us. He's taking our measure tonight for greater ministry by what we are suffering and enduring. And if we will be faithful, God will make us victors, not victims. Amen. God will make us victim, victors, not victims. Praise God. Lord, we love you tonight. I 
cannot thank you enough for all that you've done in this church. Lord, when we come to the end of ourselves, we have only come to the beginning of you. And I pray that somehow over the next few days and weeks, as we live through the pressures and the strains of life, that we will understand that you are working a higher ministry and purpose for our life. That whatever it is that we face today, we're facing it because you see in us something of greater value. We are not just a lower thing. We are high. And we are high because you have lifted us high. And we are here because you have called us to the kingdom for such a time as this. And Lord, help us to understand that if the heat is a little hotter... It means there's a higher purpose for our life. Help us to endure it. Help us to endure it with joy and realize it is an opportunity for you to showcase your power in our lives. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. Amen. Praise God. Clap your hands to the Lord and give him praise. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Why don't you take a little while and tell somebody how much you love and appreciate them before you slip out of here. Remember service this weekend. Remember tomorrow night if you're going to enjoy uh, that event.